welcome to church. It is fantastic to have you back with us today. Uh, that, that series is what we're starting today, the journey to the cross. As maybe uh, if, you, if you're not aware that Easter is only three weeks away right now. It's coming up really close. So, so we're going to be jumping straight back in. First day back, we're starting in our new series. And we're going to really unpack uh, some different things, going to pull some different uh, aspects of Jesus' steps to the cross. I, I believe it's uh, going to be a, a powerful series uh, for us to do. So, so that's amazing. If you're here for the very first time, maybe you're, you're new with us today. Come on, everybody. Can we give all our guests a big, another big round of applause? That's so good. Welcome. It's a privilege to have you with us today. And, and now here at Elam Christian Centre, we exist to be a centre of hope to reach to serve, to influence our community and our world for God. And we are that church. We're a church that will do everything we can to help you to know God and what it is to follow him, to, to find freedom, because the truth is we all have a past, right? Our God is into giving us freedom, and, and through what he did on the, on the cross this Easter, uh, we, we're a church that will help you to discover your purpose, because we believe that God has gifted you, has anointed you, has given you different gifts and abilities uh, to build the kingdom of God and to, for you to find fulfillment uh, in your life and making a difference in serving others. So, so we're a church that will do, we want to see our city one in this district for the Lord, right? And in this season that we are in or we're exiting, I'm believing we're exiting it right now, uh, that God is going to do something amazing in your life in my life and in our city and our church uh, as we continue to gather together. Come on, why don't we pray right now? Father, we thank you for your love and your, your kindness to us, oh God. Lord, I thank you for these incredible people here today, Lord, for this amazing church, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray, would you speak to us right now, Lord, as we take a moment to, to hear your word, oh God. Lord Jesus, I pray, would you give us ears to hear, Father God, eyes to see what you are doing. Lord, I ask, Lord, will you speak to us as individuals and together as a church family. Lord, the word that each one is needing to hear from you today from a loving Father. Lord, I pray, would you speak? Will you speak real clear? I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Well, you'll see, everybody, we, we've decided as a, as a leadership across all our campuses to take up a special offering for Ukraine, so that'll be next week. So can I just encourage you to, to be praying about that? We can make such a difference over there by partnering with our Elam churches in the UK. There's about 600 Elam churches in the UK, so, so we can make a real big difference there uh, as well. Please be praying for that situation as well. Also, as we go through our service this morning, um, uh, just towards the end of my message, we're going to take communion together as well. We, I, we just felt like this, what a great way to start back in, in the building and gathering again with communion. Now, you, you might have been given a couple of these new little flash things here. That's your communion in a I was going to say communion in a box right there. That's amazing. So, so if you haven't got one of those, uh, our team will come around a little bit later on uh, for you to be able to have one of those as well. So Easter is coming up real soon, and we're going to be um, marking out the steps, some significant points of Jesus, and, and coming the journey that he took to the cross. But, but let, let's take a, a, a recap. Let's, let's let me get you up to speed with where the story begins. And, and, and firstly, you, you'll, you'll picture in, 
in, in the book of Matthew, we, we start with where Jesus was entering Jerusalem triumphantly riding on a donkey, right? That's where they were putting the palms down and they were saying, Hosanna to the King of Kings as he comes in there. The, the next story in, in Matthew there is where Jesus clears the temple. Uh, they were buying and selling and, and Jesus says to them, this will be called a house of prayer. Jesus' authority was then challenged by some of the religious people there, and they asked him this question, by what authority do you do all of these things? It's an amazing story to, to track through the different steps of Jesus, and, and this is some of the context as we come up to this, and the next question Jesus was answered was, uh, was about taxes, right? That, that's a pretty, pretty good question to ask. Jesus was asked, and he said this, to give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. Jesus was then asked this, this really important question in the whole story, the narrative of, of coming to the cross. And, and he was asked by the religious people there of the time who said, so what is the greatest commandment? Yeah, they were trying to catch him out, weren't they? Uh, and as a part of the story, but Jesus says that he says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And then there's an there's amazing story there where Jesus grieves for Jerusalem and what is happening there. And he starts to speak about his future, what will happen. And we're going to pick up the story right now uh, in, in chapter 26. Uh, and that's where the plot begins, to, to the plot to kill Jesus, to, to get him and to, to grab him. And, uh, and then he's, a, he's anointed right then in Bethany with that very expensive perfume and it's at that moment that Judas agrees to betray Jesus. One of the greatest all-time betrayals, right? Jesus is there having the last supper, and he asks all his disciples, all his disciples, those who are closest to him in the room right there, and, and he says to them, and, and someone sitting here will, will betray me, will hand me over. And it's like one by one they start to say, surely not I, Lord. Surely not I, even Judas, surely not I, surely not I. Followed by Peter. Remember what Peter said. Peter said, Lord, even if everyone else betrays you, I will not even to the point of death. And Jesus turns and looks at Peter and says, oh, Peter, even by the morning, by the time that the rooster has crowed three times, you will deny me three times. What a fascinating story to pick up this, this scripture that we're going to read right now. And, and, and because this is the part where Jesus heads off to a garden called Gethsemane. And let, let's pick it up here. Matthew chapter 26, verse 36 to 56. It says this. It says, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took, he took them, uh, Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. But stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell on his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it be possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Verse 40. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you just keep watch with me for one hour, he asked them. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation, for the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, 
If it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back again, he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. When he returned to the disciples, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer now. Wow, what a, what a story. What, what a place to pick up this part of the story where Jesus is, is in the middle of being uh, betrayed, like, like stabbed in the back, like, like right in front of your face. And, and it's at that moment as he's praying and he's, he's, he's asking his father, he's talking to his father, like the isolation, the, the separation that he's beginning to feel. Uh, when, when it, and when, especially when betrayal and, and, and hurt and pain comes from those that are closest to you. Just maybe a matter of hours before each one in the room said, surely not I, Lord. Surely not I, Lord. Jesus knowing that his time was about to come. See, have, have you ever been betrayed like that? Like, like stabbed in the back. You know? People look at you in the face and doing another thing and behind the scenes. What an incredible sense of pain that that is. But there's one particular aspect that we're going to look at today, and it's the, if I'm really honest, the first time I've really looked into this a little bit more, but we're going to talk about the cup today. The cup that Jesus prayed. He prayed that may this cup be taken from me. We're just going to unpack it a little bit more. And then towards the end of my message, we're going to take communion together. So, so what is this cup that Jesus was talking about? Well, was it the physical suffering that he was about to go through, or maybe the torture Maybe, maybe this cup he was talking about was the betrayal of his, of his friends or, or perhaps the impending uh, mocking and abuse from his enemies that he was about to receive. See, not, nothing in Scripture uh, from what we know about Jesus' character and his nature and his, his actions would suggest that he was dreading the physical part of this. The cup Jesus asked to be passed from him can only refer to the spiritual agony that awaited him of bearing the sin of the world and enduring the divine judgment which those sins deserved. See, the pending separation and isolation from his father was immense. He'd never known that before. See, the Lord's cup was a regular symbol used throughout the Old Testament. You'll find it in books like Job and Ezekiel and Psalms, and, and it symbolized a God's wrath, his, his indignation of sin, not, not of the people, but of their sin. And, and the Greek word that is used, we're getting into the Greek word today, it's called potereion, potereion, and that, that speaks of the analogy of a cup. The metaphor that it means is one's lot or experience, whether joyous or adverse. The cup talks about the divine appointments, whether favorable or unfavorable. It's likened to a, to a cup which God presents one to drink of prosperity or adversity. See, the spiritual agony is what he is apprehensive of, and the, but because of the human contact of sin was upon him who was without sin. The cost of that 
and isolation and separation in his father because of that sin was, would have to bear uh, was huge. Yet Jesus says, yet not my will, but your will be done. He totally submitted to the will of his father. He totally submitted to the cup that we, he would have to drink. Now, now the purpose of a cup, right, is to be poured out. We, uh, a cup is never meant to stay full, right? It's always been meant to, uh, the purpose is to be poured out for someone to drink that cup. And, and it's a powerful picture of this cup that Jesus is totally surrendered to the will and the plans and the purposes of his Father. And it was a pretty, it was an incredibly tough call, right? what he was going to be going through to be the sacrifice for, for sin, that he, wasn't, he was going to be a sacrifice. He would carry your sin and my sin of past, present, and future upon his own very body, that he would be the one and all sacrifice to pay for everything that was ever to come and everything that was from the past. Jesus essentially on that cross becomes sin. The cup that his father had purposed for him to drink. His beloved son being a sacrifice for all. Now, now we all know what it's like, right, to be in isolation. And over this past couple of years, I, I thought I heard on the news this week that it was two years ago, uh, this past week, that we went into our first lockdown. And uh, the reason I know that pretty clearly is because we finally got into our new building here. We had three Sundays, and then we were off for like six months. And it was been start, stop, start, stop ever since. And isolation and separation has been a huge thing to bear. Everybody has carried it differently, and, and, and it's been hard. I, I feel for lots of our families, our South African families and families from all around the world, where you haven't been able to get home to see family. You've been separated from them, not because you wanted to, but because you couldn't go back. The, the isolation and the separation from people we love is a hard, hard thing to bear. But it was in the garden of Gethsemane that Jesus began to drink the cup of our sins. He reaped upon his own body all of the, the consequences of each and every sin committed in the past, present, and future. See, spiritually, Jesus became more and more removed from his Father as he took upon his very self the hum honors of humanity upon himself. He had never experienced that isolation from his Father before. The separation. It was in the fullness of taking all of their sin upon himself that qualified him to stand in that place. See, Jesus was an innocent man. And this, this Easter, even though he was an innocent man, he was bearing the image of a condemned man. Jesus took upon himself every sin, your sin. This is, this is kind of kinda what, I, what I envisaged is, is happening where Jesus took upon himself the sin of the world, your sin and my sin. It was like... Upon the cross of Jesus Christ. It was, he was nailed to a cross, right? It was like pride. Our pride was nailed to the cross. We can do it our own way, right? I can solve it myself. I don't need any help. This time we do. This is a good one. 
nailed to the cross. It was Jesus who took that upon himself. Idolatry, the sin that was nailed to Jesus, many more. Idolatry, the, the things that come, that we love, that comes before Jesus. Everything that we serve that comes before him is nailed to the cross. Question mark. What's your one you would nail there? What's the one, what's the sin that's in front of you right now that no one else knows about? That you, if you could do anything you could to get rid of it today, you would nail it to that cross. Truth is, when Jesus died on the cross, when he went to the cross, the cup that God Almighty, our Heavenly Father, had for Jesus to bear was that. Was to take us that you and I could live free. That we would know no separation from a loving, heavenly Father. This was the cup that Jesus had to drink by his Father's plan. And Jesus said, not my will, but yours be done. And this is the great news of the, of the Easter story of what Jesus did for us, right? Because that means you and I don't have to pay for that anymore. Because Jesus once and for all, paid the price. That's great news. This is gonna, I know we've kind of taken a bit of a ride here. We're kind of like, oh, this is a bit heavy. This is a bit tough right now. We're heading up the other side, so stick with me right, right here. But wait, there's more great news. There's great news now because Jesus paid our debt of sin. We don't have to be in isolation or separated from our loving Father anymore. No separation, freedom from our past, freedom from today, and a hope for the future, a purpose, and a hope. No isolation, because Jesus paid it all once and for all. See, Jesus carried our isolation so we wouldn't never be alone. Three thoughts this morning. Three thoughts this morning, real quick thoughts. And, and this is great news. Everybody say great news. Say, Daryl, this is great news, the best news I've heard all day. Awesome. Because of the cup that Jesus carried, we can bring our sin to the cross. That's great news, right? That's great news. And, and over the years, as I've talked to people and, uh, out, in, out in their community and, and through my life, I've talked to people and they say, oh, what do you do for a job? And I say, I'm a pastor of a church. And, and almost every time, or at least half of the time, people will say to me, Oh, well, if I was to step foot in a church, I would get struck by lightning as soon as I stepped inside the front door. One of the biggest lies of the enemy ever to be. See, our, our, the crazy thing with that is, is like, it's like I'm so bad that God couldn't heal me, or God, I, I'm so bad that I can't even stand in his house or can't even step in the door. It's holding too many people away in our world right now. Jesus come to seek and save lost people, right? We can bring it all to the cross. There's no, there's no oh, well, that one's quite bad, oh, but that one's even worse. Uh, 
that one's probably not so bad out of two or two on a ten scale, right? That's not too bad. Sin is sin, right? We can bring it all to him freely, willingly. It's great news that we don't have to carry that anymore. You don't have to carry that anymore. Here's how we do this. It's called confession and repentance. Good old-fashioned words that shouldn't be good in old-fashioned words. They're today words and now words and alive words for us that help us to be set free. Here's how you do it. Jesus, today, I confess I'm a sinner. Lord, I'm so sorry for this stuff I've done. I repent and I turn away from it right now. Thank you for giving me. In Jesus' name, amen. It's great news. You don't have to carry that anymore. We can bring our sin to the cross. The second thought is, is this. Because of the cup that Jesus carried, your debt has been paid in full. Nothing owing, the balance is zero. It's called being reconciled to him. And because Jesus stood in that gap for you and for me. Jesus stood in that gap. He took what we deserved, what I deserved, what isolated and separated us from, from our loving Father. He paid our debt on our behalf. Have you ever had, had a bill that you just couldn't pay? Then someone else come along and paid it for you. That's a dream, right? <laughs> it's a, come on, I know everybody's putting their hands up, right? That's the dream that someone else would pay your bill. And, and, and I was going to say many, a few years ago, a few years ago, I was studying for my internship. It was a three-year, I had a young family, and you know, it was pretty touch and go each week with paying the bills and things. And, and we would live week to week on, on just the little that we could get in. And, and I used to stress, and I used to worry about especially when a, a bigger bill would come in, because I have four girls in my house, three daughters and one lovely wife, and the power bills were enormous because uh, of hot water and things called showers. Uh, it used to like skyrocket. And, and, but when we would get an overly big bill or the car would break down or we would need to replace the fridge, I used to worry so much. It would, it would stress me out because I used to think, how am I going to ever pay that? And Denise would always say to me, well, why don't you just ask my dad? I have the best father-in-law on the whole planet. And, and I didn't used to like going to ask him, and it kind of would be my last thing to do, that, to ask him to. But when I did, I would go and ask him. I'd say, hey, Pop, is there any chance I could borrow some money so I can feed your lovely grandchildren and keep your daughter safe. <laughs> every time, every single time, he would say, sure thing, son. That's not a problem. What do you need? Jesus says the same thing to you today. Sure thing, my son. Sure thing, my daughter. That's not a problem. What do you need? Your debt has been paid in full. There's nothing to pay when we bring our sin to the cross of Jesus Christ. 
third and final thought is this, and, and maybe if you, maybe team, if we're going to take communion uh, in the next few minutes, and, and if you would like to uh, take part in this, just uh, we don't embarrass anybody, it's just where you're sitting right there. Maybe our team will come and pass some emblems around if you haven't got any there. But the third and final thing is this, is because of the cup that Jesus carried, it's your choice to receive his forgiveness. That is great news. Like I told you we were on a up here right now, the great this news around is that Jesus come to forgive us of our sin, but it's your choice to receive that forgiveness. It's the best news out because the work on the cross that Jesus did has been completed. Our isolation has been removed. Jesus was like a bridge that stretches across the great divide for you. And for me, I just love these services where we have the sparkle over here that, that people are getting baptized and uh, as a part of our worship today. And that, that signifies what that means. And Kate and Hannah did a fantastic job right there. And they've even blow-dried their hair, so they're looking beautiful again as well. Uh, but they, they, in the waters of baptism, what it shows is that someone has decided to say yes to Jesus, that I've made my choice to follow him to say yes to him and follow him the rest of my days. That's great news, right? Being water baptized is, is such a significant step in people's journey because it's one thing to say yes to Jesus and he does all this work, but the hard part, if we're really honest, is about living that out and following him day to day when all this stuff is going on. That's a great decision there to say yes to Jesus. What a great choice to live your life free. Here's the truth. You can live your life free as well. We're going to take communion right now, so there's some music that's going to come on, but stay right now if you want to close your eyes or just kind of blank everybody else and just we're going to have a moment right here as, we, as our service is going to come to an end very shortly. But, but just in these last few moments here, I, as we take communion, I, I want to draw your attention right now. There's a blue sheet on the table over there. and It's a little sheet that we've put together about taking communion. Here's a newsflash. You don't have to just wait to do communion at church at 9 o'clock service. My Bible says that as so often as you gather together. In your homes, maybe in your works. It doesn't have to be done just at church on Sunday morning. So can I encourage you parents, I, I think this is, this is something parents, if you've got children of all ages, why don't you grab this sheet? Why don't you determine to teach your children and prepare them what communion is all about? I don't like being religious. I don't like rituals. But this is relationship. A loving relationship of knowing what it is to remember what Jesus Christ did for us. So grab one of those on the way home if you'd like. But, but this morning, why don't you close your eyes right now. And we're going to take a moment right here and that 1 Corinthians 11 verse 28, it says this. And it's Paul speaking. He says, he says, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For those who eat and drink 
without discerning the body of Jesus Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. So right now, we're going to take one minute. I know sometimes silence can be uncomfortable, but we're going to take one minute right now. And, and this is uh, what, I, what I want you to say. God, will you reveal to me right now, is there anything that needs to be nailed to the cross that's in my life right now? Holy Spirit, will you shine a light on any area of my life that, that I just need to, to nail it to for you to carry for me? Why don't you pray that silently in your heart right now as we take a moment to discern, to repent, to confess. Jesus, right now, as we focus on what you did for us on that cross, Jesus, thank you for taking my sin, my stuff, my pride, my lust, my adultery, my, my sin. Thank you for taking that for me. Thank you for dying on that cross to forgive me of my sins. Thank you that on that cross that you carried my sin and shame, that we may be free and know what it is to have eternal life with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus then said this. He said, this is my body, which is for you. So do this in remembrance of me. You can peel the little cat back and take the bread or take the biscuit for your broken body that was the bread or the biscuit that signifies his body that was broken for us. Father, we remember you. Remember what you did for us. And then in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying this, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this, and whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me, for whenever you eat this bread or drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Why don't you take the cup right now? Do this to remember him. Thank you, Lord God. Lord, we praise you for your love for us. Father God, we're so grateful for everything that you did for us, oh God. For what you carried for us, that we may be free, that we may know eternal life with you, Lord Jesus. So, so in the name of Jesus, right now, I apply the blood and the body of Jesus Christ to my life and the lives of this amazing church family here today. 
the lives of their families, our safety, our finances, our ministry, and our work and everything that pertains to us. For I declare that every person here, their families, and everything that pertains to them are hidden in the secret place of the Most High. For we dwell under God's holy earth. Father, I thank you for these amazing people here today. Lord, as we remember everything that you went through for us, the cup that you carried for us, that we may know you, that we may be free. So Father, we praise you and we thank you. Jesus, mighty name. That's why you've got your eyes closed and your heads bowed and I'm going to ask Denise to come right now. We're going to close our service very shortly, but as she comes, I I never like to finish or close a service without giving an opportunity for, maybe you're here for the first time or Maybe you've, you've walked away from the Lord and it's the first time in a long time that you're back and, and you want to say, Daryl, I, I want to know this, Jesus. I want to know what it is to live free. And it's great news. It's good news. It's really, really simple. Here, here's what we did. God sent his one and only son for you and I to die on that cross to take our stuff. And we could receive his forgiveness by what Jesus did for us when we confess, when we repent of our sin. He is faithful and he is just to forgive us. On the third day, when Jesus died, he rose again, transforming our futures and our, that we have the opportunity to live free but spend eternity with him. This morning, really, really quickly in Mahaba, this is a special, important moment here. I'm going to pray a real simple prayer. And if, if that's you today, if you, if you would want to say, Daryl, I need to say yes to Jesus, I want to come back to him right now. Why don't you pray this prayer silently in your heart after me? Pray this. Pray, dear God, Lord, I'm so sorry for what I've done. Lord, right now I believe that you died on the cross, that I may be free, that I may be forgiven of my shame and of my past, that I may step over a line and live for you. Father, today I give you my life. I surrender my will into your hands. So Lord, I accept you now is my Lord and Saviour from this day forward. In Jesus' name. Amen. And just lastly, while every head's still bowed and eyes closed, I'm not going to embarrass anybody, not going to call anybody out here right now, but if, if that's you, if you just said yes to Jesus right now, I'm going to ask you to do something really brave while no one's looking around. On the count of three, all I'm going to ask you to do is to, to take a step of faith and say, lift your hand up. And straight down saying, Daryl, I just said yes to Jesus. I'd like to know who I'm praying for right now, who I can encourage for now. So if you said yes to Jesus on the count of three, why don't you lift your hand up and down? One, two, three. Lift